presence in us, dear Lord. Bless those who hear what we have to say, dear Father, as you've given unto us, dear Lord. Let them feel your presence in all that they experience this evening, where they sit, where they stand, where they lay, dear Lord. Have your way in their life. Give us, illuminate our thoughts. Give us great wisdom, dear Lord, as we go forth in your name. Father, as for me, dear Lord, place me upon the potter's wheel, dear Lord, with thy hand forming to the man of God. You called me to be for this reason, for the season, and for now. With the, the anointing from on high, dear Lord, pour out it upon me ever the more. Breathe the breath of life into me that I will speak those things that you have for me to speak in your name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For Tuesday night Bible study, uh, we're getting started right here at 6.31, really right on time, excited about this today. And so, as <clears throat> we get started, um, I want to say a special prayer, shout out to my wife, she's not feeling well this evening. Uh, we ate something yesterday and it's been messing with her and we're believing uh, in her, <laughs> for God being Jehovah Rapha in her life. And so we're, we're trusting her right now, trusting God for that right now. As we go forth today, we're being diligent <clears throat> and we're being consistent. We're meeting on Tuesdays at 6.30 to share the gospel, the good news. And so we're still on the, on the series of the power of leadership. And I want to continue with that, the power of leadership under that, uh, that, that series. We'll do that series to the end, through the end of the year. We'll be dealing with the power of leadership. But today we're going to go on to the theme of dreams, visions, and plans. Dreams, visions, and plans. Dreams, visions, and plans. Dreams, visions, and plans. And so, uh, visions, visions, visions. The Bible talks about, teaches us, one of the most prominent ways God communicates with us is through our visions, through our visions. Visions are vivid images distinct, different from dreams. Visions most times are different from dreams. Visions are usually, you usually get a vision when you're awake, when you're conscious, and dreams occur when you are not awake. But there are some few examples in the Bible where visions occur in people's dreams, but more times than not, you are awake for that. Amen? So, uh, visions in the Bible have given great lessons of how they change the lives of great leaders. Great leaders have visions and their lives change and even those who aren't leaders but those who have visions, lives change dramatically. There's something about visions in the Bible that really change the course of how mankind views itself and its relationship with those things around it and those things connected with God. Visions. Visions. Well, I'll give one example of this. One, coming uh, to Isaiah. Yeah, visions also uh, tell of uh, the future. To future visions usually give uh, one thing they do. They tell about what's going to happen in the life of someone. They talk about the future. And one example is Isaiah was told through visions of future events to occur to the kingdom of Judah and Jerusalem. And why that's important is because you know, Judah and Jerusalem have direct relationships with our Lord and Savior Jesus. And so with Judah foretelling what's going to happen with Judah, it was foretelling what essentially was going to happen with the lineage of David through Judah through our Lord and Savior Jesus. And so it was a precursor. In the book of Isaiah, it's said to be a prophetic book. And part of the reason being a prophetic book, I felt like I was on a living cover when I said prophetic book, but part of being a prophetic book is that it foretells uh, uh, things to come. In the book of Isaiah, you learn a great deal more about our Lord and Savior Jesus without even going to the New Testament. For instance, in Isaiah 22, 21, Isaiah, the 22nd chapter, 
the 21st to the 22nd verse. It reads, I will clothe him with your robe and fasten your sash around him and hand your authority over to him. He will be a father to those who live in Jerusalem and to the people of Judah. He'll be a father to those who live in Jerusalem and to the people of Judah. Verse 22, it says, I will place on his shoulders the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David, talking about a lineage of Jesus, of David, connecting him to Jesus. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I declare and decree to this day, this day right now, I, I, God has been saying this since Sunday, that the doors that are being closed in your life <laughs> are being closed with a purpose, and they won't be opened by the enemy. Uh -uh. God has closed some doors so you can have an opportunity to go through the doors that he opens. It's up to us to be courageous and have faith and believe enough that when the door is closed, closed in our lives that we have to be aware that God is opening up an opportunity for us to go through. And so today I'm telling you, go walk through the doors into your opportunities. Amen. Ah, I need that. I need that because there's some things. So meeting, I have about three meetings tomorrow and I'm, I'm, I'm going to see some doors that have been closed and I'm believing that some doors will be opened. And in, even in these meetings tomorrow, I want to believe that some things will be closed and some things will be open. Amen. I'm trusting God for that as well. So we've been reading this book Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And it's a book that my mentor, my colleague, my friend my brother he tells me about he's a successful businessman he said before that he would sit down with me he would talk about uh, planning for the future he wanted me to read the book Think and Grow Rich now when I was in college I wrote uh, the Think and Grow Rich version by Dennis Kimbrough which is a great text it's a great text and it it includes African Americans in the text talking about thinking and growing rich but Napoleon Hill is where Dennis Kimbrough took that information and made it applicable to African Americans to black folk but I Napoleon Hill, he has done his research of uh, uh, going back years. It's an old book, it's an old text, but it's relevant to this day. And what you see, there's nuggets in what Napoleon Hill writes about, about being successful for, as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as a business leader, not just a small business leader, but you're talking monster business leaders, those those big ones that we know, the names that we know, the Carnegies and the other, is that they, they had some principles that they were implied, that they implied or uh, replied upon and relied upon in their lives to move them forward. And so we are following along with Think and Grow Rich. Uh, as, as, a as a book that we're reading and then the Bible is what we consistently read but for my entrepreneur friends for those who are following us as leaders we're all encouraged to read Think and Grow Rich and I say Think and Grow Blessed so we're going to Think and Grow Rich Think and Grow Blessed but Napoleon Hill writes this you may as well know that every great leader from the dawn of civilization down to the present was a dreamer Christianity is the greatest potential power in the world today because it its founder was an intense dreamer who had the vision and the imagination to see realities in their mental and spiritual form before they had transmuted into physical form. If you do not see great riches in your imagination, you will never see them in your bank account. Now he was talking about the, the greatest dreamer that mankind has ever known, the, the greatest dreamer known to, to humanity, the greatest dreamer that you and I as Christian believers believe in is Jesus. Even then, Jesus had big dreams he had big dreams he had a great imagination 
He had vision and imagination to see realities through his mental and spiritual form before we saw them in the physical. And for us, for us as believers who are striving to not just be great business people, but be, to be blessed here on earth as it is in heaven for us, it's up to us to have visions and imaginations of success. You have to first put it into your own vision, your own view. You have to first see it first. Ha! You see it first. You see good health first. You see a strong marriage first. You, you, you see a great career first. You see a great business first. You see thriving children first. You see a happy home first. You see that new house first. You see that new car first. You see those new relationships first. Envision those things. Those of us who are looking for a wife or a husband, envision what it is that you want from the Lord. I'm telling you, put it into place. You first have to imagine it before it can enter into your blessings account. Amen? So, we're going to have six, six lessons we'll go through today. And we're going to take it from Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. But we're going to really apply the lessons from the Bible, from God's Word, to make it applicable to our life. But I'm saying I'm doing this because I want to start thinking like business people as we approach, start thinking like business people. It's important for us to start thinking as though we are business people because we're about God doing God's business. And if you're a believer, you're a minister of the gospel. And you have a responsibility to continue to do God's business. And so uh, for here at the Parliament Church, we want people to look at how we view doing God's business. Yeah. Yeah. So whom better to learn from by doing business than somebody who's a Christian believer who's doing business and be very successful at it. So let's make it applicable to today. We don't want the word to be so up in heaven that it's not applicable to your regular day-to-day -day life. We want the, the word to be applicable to how you can use it every day. Amen? Is that all right with you? Is that all right with you? Is that all right with you at home? All right, all right. First, fix your mind on the exact amount of money you desire it's not sufficient to merely say, I want plenty of money. Be, be definite as to the amount. There is a psychological reason why you have a definitive amount of money. You can't go around saying, I just want to be blessed. What does it mean just to be blessed? To me, blessed mean that you cross the street without getting hit? Is that the kind of blessing that you want? How much do you want to be blessed? What is it that you want to be blessed with? You have to have a definite, definite understanding of what that is. Put it in your mind. See what it is. I want to get into grad school. See what that is. I want a job with a Fortune 100 company. Let me tell you something. I applied to one graduate school. Because that's the school I wanted to go to. Because somebody prophesied and said I was going to that school. And then she told me, you don't have to worry about paying for that. Pastor Zena Pierce, she said, in Maryland. She said, you don't have to worry about paying for that. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I applied for one school. Not in that school. And when I graduated, I said I want to work for one. I want to work for a Fortune 100 company. I was determined that I want to work for a Fortune 100 company. And I got a job with a Fortune four, number 14. Because I put into my mind what I was going to get. Now, I tell you that because I have to remind myself of that. Because quite often, sometimes we forget how God has blessed us. And we have to be, draw back to our memory how he's, been, how he's blessed us in the past. Come on in. Let's do this thing. So, it's men's night here at the Empower Living Church. 
We do a lot of men's nights. Tuesday night is men's night. Amen. So I want you to, to make it practical. Put it, to determine what it is. Put it in your mind what you want to be blessed with. Habakkuk 2, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. We hear this all the time. NIV version says this. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablet so that a herald may run with it. Write it on a tablet. Write out your plan. What's your business plan? Now that's just for your life. What's your business plan? Now that's for your business, but for your life. What's your plan you have for your life? What have you determined and visioned that your life is going to be like? Have you written it out? We're coming to the end of 2019, and I still to this day, some of us haven't finished our vision boards yet. <laughs> Let's get our vision boards together right now. Amen? Let's get our vision boards together right now, because a vision board, what it's doing is saying is, these are the things that I've envisioned that God's going to do for me. I mean, it's, 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 it's miraculous when we allow God's power to flow through us through our faith and our belief and our obedience. Am I right? Am I right? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, good, good. Then it says, verse 3. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. <laughs> Though it linger, wait for it. It certainly will come and will not delay. It certainly will come and it will not delay. Let me tell you something. See, the herald will run with it is God's, I want to say, not herald, it's the person who, who may be in your staff, maybe your partner, maybe your spouse, maybe somebody like that. But the hero could be that angelic figure to come into your life and, t and grab hold of what you envision God to do, the plan that God has for you, and take it and make it manifest it into reality. Amen? We still believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We still believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you can't write it down, the Holy Spirit can't... If, Excuse me, you can't envision it. You don't put it on paper. Put it on paper. Envision it. Put it on paper so the Holy Spirit can fulfill it for you. What we learned last week was the verse I still love so much. He says, be still and know that I am God. Amen? Amen. Imagine it. Envision it. Put it on some paper or type it. And then let the Holy Spirit take it and go. When I was in law school, though, I would tell you this. In law school, they would say that it's not good just to type your notes and put it on a computer. It's better for your memory if you were to handwrite it. There's something about handwriting it. Your mind captures it better and holds on to it. So just a little nugget right there. Amen? Amen. Number two thing I want to show with you. Determine exactly what you intend to give in return for the money you desire. There's no such thing as something for nothing. Ex determine exactly you want what you're going to give in return for the money you desire. You say, I need $402,000 to get this house. This is a new house, Right? You go and you get your letter of approval for that $402,000. Now, what are you going to give in return for what you get? I mean, is it just about you getting? No. To be blessed, you got to give. To be blessed, you have to give. I'm going to tell you right here, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. I'm telling you right here. It reads as such. 
Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. That's what it says right there. Verse 7 says this. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Mm -mm. Ain't going to twist your arms. For God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Mm. See, it's, it's, it's like a mathematical equation, you know? One plus one is two. Always. I think, right? Okay, I think so, I think so, I think so. One times one is what, one? <coughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. But if you give something, like one times two is what? Two. It's a multiplier. You only get one, you get one. But you give two, you get two. It, it's a multiplier. See, we have to continue to learn the process of giving and then trusting God to tell us in our heart what to give. And when he says, give from your heart, and he says, what it, determine what it is, to give it with a smile on our face. You know? If somebody says they want that, you, you know, I, <laughs> you know, you, you know how you got this pie at home that you, your wife has baked for you. Man. And it's a good tasting pie. It's a good pie. It's Thanksgiving. It's a good pie. And, uh, there's always so much pie left. You know, there's only so much pie left. And you like the pie. You like the pie. You, know, you want the pie. and You want it. But then somebody come over to your house and, <laughs> <laughs> and they say they want some pie. Now you know you want that pie. <laughs> but you give them the pie anyway. How much you want? Take what you want. And they say, well, I just don't want one slice. I want two. Take two slices. No, they should have took one. But they take two slices. <laughs> but what you know in return is, after you give that away, your wife comes back and she bakes the dish that you love the most. Amen. Amen. And you still have something left still weeks later. So I tell you that story because somebody from church came over to my house and you know we had some pie and then, you know we just the pie and then he went and took the pie and he said no I don't want one slice he said I want two slices and I thought back of my grandmother my grandmother would say when you know she had some food and she always gave up the food that she had even when she liked it she offered it up and one time my grandmother said and I told her no I didn't want any she said oh thank you because he was going to give it to me anyway. But she was so appreciative that I didn't ask for it, that I didn't want it. She's like, I can now enjoy it. I always laugh at that. But, man, I was blessed. So, But, see, I had more than I ever thought of. That she even, you know, thought about. I mean, just telling you, it helps to give. I said this story because the brother who came to the house is in the audience tonight. And I just wanted to have a little joke with him. Amen. <laughs> 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 I just wanted to have some fun with him here. Have some fun with him here. 
So this is a season of giving. So you will see, you will get something. Those who are watching, you may want to give. We are going to ImparLiving.Church slash 100. ImparLiving.Church slash 100. One week ago was Giving Tuesday, but in the month of December, we are raising money because we have the good fortune that we'll be moving, relocating to a new location in the early part of 2020. And we're so excited about it. It's a wonderful worship space. A church that had been there for 12 years got a new place, and they moved on and left this place vacant just in time for us. Us. Yeah. Well, I said just in time because the fire uh, inspector came by and said it's just in time for you to get a new place. Amen. And they limited how many people we could have in our current location, which means that we couldn't barely have anybody in a location. So God has blessed us within a week's period, not even a full week. I think the fire inspector came on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and by Friday, we found a new place, and that's just what God is like. And so, well, amen, amen. We'll be moving, yes, we're moving our worship service to our new location. We'll keep this TV studio and, and, and meeting room and everything here, but we'll be moving over to our new place. Five minutes from our current location. So excited for our worship services. We'll get more information about that. But we're raising money now. We're giving, asking people to give to a give to this mission of expanding the gospel of Jesus through the Empower Living Church by making a nominal donation of twenty dollars, twenty-five dollars to to add to. We're raising. We're just short of twenty-five hundred dollars. We want to raise in a short period of time to make sure this thing happens. Is that all right? All right. Thank you. Number three. Number three. The third thing. Establish a definite date when you intend to give in return for the money you desire. Oh, well, you know, February 2nd, we won't move into the new place. Amen. That's the date. Amen. So establish a definite date when you intend to give in return for the money you desire. And I'm going to give above. Uh, I'm going to give above my 10%. I'm going to give above all that I have because I want to see this come to pass. Amen. And so $2,500 we're asking for is above our normal tithes and our offering. It's the addition to. And so we want to give above and beyond that because psychologically there's a reason, reason for to be definite. To be definite, you, you put it into your mind and then it's a deadline. You, you, you know what a deadline is, right? You know a deadline. Deadline is good. Deadlines are good. I mean, I told a story this Sunday about how when I was going initiated into my fraternity there in Atlanta, in school and college in Atlanta, in Atlanta University Center, uh, one of the worst experiences we ever had was when we were out late at night and the, the big brothers came to us and said, okay, we'll go out and we're going to do some justice tonight. Normally at 9 o'clock we had some lessons to learn and they came by and messed with our minds or something like that. Tell somebody to go knock down a wall and some fool went and tried to run in the wall. But besides all that, <laughs> it was told us to go and tell us to, to, uh, to go run. Now, normally we run every day. So we were in the greatest shape of our lives. We run every day, but we knew when we were going to stop running. Run for 30 minutes, you know, whatever it is. But this time he came out in Atlanta and it's cold at night and said, run. And somebody said, well, how long we running? He got upset because we asked how long. <laughs> he said, I told you to run. There's nothing more horrific to be, be around somebody who's out to break you and they tell you to run and you under the submission to their authority. Because it's like there's no end in sight. You know, you just start running. And it's like, how do you pace jogging? 
And then you start to slow down a little bit. He says, slow, slow down, run together. There's always one Marine in the group, somebody from the Navy who goes and he's just, Chris. Chris would go out and run like he was in, in boot camp. He out there running way out in front of us. And the further out he ran from us, the farther, I mean, there's more pain than us because we're supposed to run as a unit, right? And he is... He thought, I'm the best, and he's going to be in the best of shape. I'm like, come on, dude, we're supposed to run together. So it extended our run. But see, with this I'm saying, don't extend the run. Know what the definitive date is that you're going to set out to intend to return, get return for the money that you desired. Wow. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, 24 says this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. What I take from this passage of scripture is this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. We quite often see that we want to this is a business it's God's business and God's business is just not when you're at the church God's business is not just when you're out passing out flyers God's business is just not when you're making phone calls can you come to church on Sunday we're having a barbecue you know can the kids come and play but that's not just God's business God's business is just not putting out signs although that's God's business you know God's business is continuous in everything that we do we are representatives and ambassadors of God. Amen? So it's really relying upon us to go forth as though we have an inheritance from God in the work that we do. That our giving of ourselves in the work that we do is preparing us to have some greater, something greater down the road. Look we'll at that in return. Our service is our giving and we expect to have something in return for our giving. It's our service. We expect something in return, right? So God's going to bless us with an inheritance in heaven, but I'm also saying, he says, as it is in heaven, it shall be where? On earth. So you need to get, to get us some heaven right here. You know, we're Old time was in the by and by. Preachers preached about we'll get our reward in the by and by. It's because it was so hard here on earth you couldn't imagine you get some heaven here on earth. But I'm here to tell you there's some heaven here on earth. Amen? There's some heaven here on earth. There's enough for us to enjoy the pleasures of what, this, what God has provided for us here on earth. It's just not set aside for one set of people. It's set aside for all of God's people. We have to act like we know that and go after it. Amen? Go after God's blessings here on earth. But it starts with your service. Because you get what you intend to give in return for the money. You desire what you intend to give in return for the blessings you desire. Amen? Number four. Number four. Fourth thing. I'm all hot in this. Say I was going to work out after this. So I got dressed to work out, y'all. You know, Tuesday night workout. But it's hot up in here. <laughs> up in here, up in here. <laughs> I know. I know. Yes, I am well I am well educated. I know sometimes it doesn't appear as such, 
but I have been well educated and my parents were educators. Amen. Here we go. Fourth, create a definite plan for carrying out your desire and begin it once whether you're ready or not. Put this plan into action. Once you create the plan, once you write it out, as Habakkuk said, once you write write it out, it's good to look at, right? It looks nice. It's well prepared. Got some colorful graphs in it. You got you got some stats and some statistics, and you got some, you got. Oh, it looks good. It's nice, but you don't want to get stuck in the paralysis of the analysis. Amen. In the movement, I always got to think about the stories I tell. But in the movement, <laughs> before the decision for Rodney King was out there, there was some analysis taking place in Los Angeles. I'm not going to talk about that one. <laughs> Let that one go. But they I want to talk about what they was going to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What you going to do? 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 I'm going to let it go. All right. Never mind. <laughs> I, know what, I know what they did. Amen. Um, create a definite plan for carrying out your desires and begin at once. Whether you are ready or not, put this plan into action. Once you write it out, you got to act like you know. Once you have a plan, you got you to gotta go. Whether you're ready or not, you have to step out on faith. You got you to gotta move like God has already anointed you for this victory. Amen? If the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you, what are you holding back for? There's nothing to hold back for. It's time to go. You can't get stuck in the process of the analysis. God is, you've already analyzed it. Now it's time for you to go. 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 Make disciples of all nations. Go. And once you committed to the Lord, you've already won. How do I know that? How do I know? I'll tell you how I know. I'll tell you how I know. Proverbs 16 and 3. It says this. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Write your plan. Put it on paper. Print it out. Look at it. And commit it to the Lord. And he will bring your plan into a reality. That's his word. That's not my word. That's God's word. It says right here. Proverbs 16 and 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Woo! That's on fire right there, right? I feel that right there. 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 I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing a new plan right now, tonight, for our meeting tomorrow. Matter of fact, after we close our Bible study, we're going to have a quick 10-minute meeting to talk about the plan I'm going to write tonight. Because I want to write it if y'all not going to do it. So, I, so amen. <laughs> it won't be long. <laughs> Look, 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 look. On a journey, Jesus was, he was hungry. He was hungry, right? And he saw this fig tree from afar. And the fig tree had some, who looked healthy, had full of life, had green leaves on it. And he approached the tree, anticipating he was going to get some figs from this fig tree. And he, to relieve his hunger. But instead, he found nothing, he found nothing on the fig tree. Uh-oh. Ron, can you check the, check the broadcast, please? But instead, he found nothing but leaves. Here, take this, take this. Oh, it's back, it's back, it's back, it's back. It's back, okay. Something happened for a second. 
Due to his disappointment, the tree looking full, Jesus cursed the tree. He cursed the tree. See, Jesus had a plan. He had a plan. He had a plan. He had a plan. When he saw the fig tree, it's supposed to follow the plan. The plan was if you had green leaves, then you're going to bear much fruit. But when he got to the fig tree and he wasn't bearing no fruit, Jesus cursed the fig tree. And says, no one will ever eat fruit from you again. And immediately Jesus then goes to the next stage. He goes into the temple. And in the temple, he decides, he sees money changing. He started to flip the tables over. And he said, no, no, come on, man. This place is supposed to be the house of prayer. And you made it a den of thieves. Jesus, full of disappointment. So he flipped the tables and the chairs. Crowd was amazed at what Jesus was saying, what he was teaching. He, he leaves the leaders, the Jewish leaders, they determined they were going to kill him one day. They decided they were going to kill him. And Jesus and the disciples, they were leaving the town. He noticed that same fig tree and says to Jesus, the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, that once... That once healthy tree full of life was dead and withered away. And what I want to take you from the story is this. Jesus saw a fig tree when he was hungry. And the plan was that he was supposed to be able to eat the fruit of the fig tree. But he couldn't. So he cursed the fig tree because he wasn't following nature's plan. And he went to the temple and he saw that the, there was a plan for the temple. It was supposed to be the house of prayer. For God's temple was supposed to be called the house of prayer. But the plan had been changed again. That's two times. Two plans have been changed immediately. And they were making a, a den of thieves, robbers. Because they were exchanging and selling things in the outer courts of the temple. And then as he leaves that, they see the fig tree had wilted away. And I want to say it's because it wasn't following the plan that God had for it. And because it wasn't following the plan that God had for it, it gave, it gave, it gave a lesson of when you can speak something into existence, even when it's supposed to be planned, when it's supposed to be planned, you, can, you have the power to speak things into existence if you simply just believe, even when it is, when it's not in God's plan. That makes sense? You can speak things into existence, amen, when it is not following God's plan. Okay, you can speak it into existence when something is not following God's plan. No, you can say it is what it is when it's not following in the light of God has blessed it with. We're supposed to walk in. No, no, I'm saying it like this. You can speak something into existence as though it was not to even make it so. No, see, so what Jesus said to them was, have faith in God. See, the enemy may have plans for you that are not in the plans for God. And you know the plan God has for you. But when the enemy comes and changes what perceived to be God's plan, you can speak against it because the power of God is in you. But you have to have faith in God. I'm going to say it again. So you have a plan, right, that you've written down. Right? And you try to implement the plan because now you're thirsty and hungry. But somehow the plan gets derailed by the enemy. And so when you go try to implement the plan, it goes awry. But what you can do is speak to it and bring it back into fruition. 
You can defeat what the devil starts to put in place to end you. But you just have to have faith in God. You have to have faith in God. See, the imagery that God the imagery that the, the, the enemy will present before us is like, look, I'm in need right now and I need for you to do what, what I'm expecting of you to do. You said you're going to be here for me, uh, talking about a person, but then they're not there for you in your time of need, right? Well, have faith in God. Don't let that, see, Jesus did not go hungry because the fig tree didn't provide him food. <laughs> he never went hungry because the fig tree didn't provide him food. Because he had what? Faith in God. We got to have faith in God even when we are hungry and tired and feel beaten because the plan that we had does not come into play as we thought that it should. Because God will make your enemies footstools for you. See, that fig tree was cursed and bared no more fruit. He became an enemy of God. Just stay on God's side. Here, Mark 11, 23, 24. Let me tell you how it says here. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the seas and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that? Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. See, we got to get back to praying. We don't spend enough time in prayer. I just got convicted when I said that. <laughs> I pray every morning, but I've been trying to come here and pray. Every day. Whew. Thank you. So we're going to spend some more time in prayer here. I just got convicted. I just got convicted. I just got convicted. Wow. Wow. God is seeking for us to commit everything we set out to do for him. God is seeking for us to put, commit everything we have, our businesses, our families, our careers, our relationships, our homes, our children, whatever we have. God is waiting for us to commit those things unto him, unto him. Because he's waiting for us to show him that we have faith in God. That we have faith in God. What I love about Jesus in this story was that his physical became weak. And he was hungry. But somehow, someway, he had strength in the outer courts of the temple to flip over tables and, and chairs and to cause a commotion. And even, even, even in, he never ate, but even in his weakness, he seemed as though he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God because he left and continued on the journey, although he was just hungry before he got started. See, God is saying, if you just have faith in me, I'll provide the strength that you need to overcome the challenges of this life, even when you feel like you can't go any further. He's saying, be still and know that I am God. Have faith. How's your faith? How's your faith? How's your faith? It says, if you just believe, you could tell the mountain to go into the sea. Woo! But see, you know, the mountain could be uh, 
that difficulty in your life can be that mountain that you think is too high for you to climb. And that sea could be your emotions and you thinking that it's too high and too far from me. But let me throw this, this, tri this, this tribulation, this difficulty, this challenge. Let me throw it out my way and, and put it into the sea. Let it sink to the bottom into the sea of forgetfulness where you forget that you even had that problem. See, what God is saying is you can look at the difficulties in your life and the challenges in your life as though they are great mountains and say, get thee away from me and throw it away into the sea and let it sink to the bottom that nobody can even think of it anymore like it never even existed before if you just have faith. Let's make that scripture rational. Let's make it re relative to what we live like every day. You know, there's some mountains we have to climb in life. Am I right? There's some things that are so high up from us, so, so far. Like today, you know, I used to have at least 36-inch vertical leap. At least. I could stand up the basket and cock it back and dunk it. Um, I cannot come close to that ever again <laughs> in life. And so I looked up at the rim today, the basketball rim today, and I'm like, well, it really is not that far, but it is far. I'm six feet two. It's four feet from me. And I, it really, I mean, it's not that far, but it's so far. <laughs> when I was a younger man, that looked like nothing. But now it looks like, whoo, that's way up there, you know, because I can't get but a foot. Up. But I was like, I was way up there. And that's a mountain. But I, I'm committed to this. In 2020, I will dunk a basketball again. <laughs> Why y'all laughing? Why is the crowd laughing? I will dunk a basketball one more time. I one more time will dunk a basketball. You heard it here first. That's a mountain that will get past me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thank you, thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for believing in me. Or the at least saying you do. Amen. <laughs> the fifth thing, the fifth thing. Write out a clear, concise statement of the amount of money, of the amount of blessing you intend to acquire. Name the time limit for its acquisition. Acquisition. State what you intend to give in return for the money and describe clearly the plan through which you intend to accumulate it. Write out a clear, concise statement of the amount of money. How much do, blessings do you want? Write it out. Write it out. Whew. The amount of the blessing that you want, the amount of money that you want. Name the time limit for its acquisition. Is it going to be in 2020? Is it going to be in 2025? When are you going to get it? By the end of the year? Name it out. Say what you intend to do to give in return for the money. What are you willing to give? What are you willing to give up? You know, you want to write a book or you want to give up your sleep? You want to give, get them early in the morning? I talked to a gentleman today. He is an Uber driver. And he was talking about getting some waffles. I'm talking to him today and he's saying, man, I'm going to make $500 today. I'm like, man, that's impossible. He said, man, I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I work 3 to 9. I'm going to have some waffles. I'm going to take me a nap. I'll be back out again at 3. He said, he said man, I like luxurious things. So I'm, I'm, I'm committed to giving up my comforts for the luxurious things that I want. He said, no, man, I'm not the average dude. And let me tell you something, that stuck with me. He's, he's like saying, I'm not the average. 
I'm going to do more. I'm willing to give up so that I can get a return in the amount that I want. $500, he said, I'm going to make $500 a day. Driving an Uber. But see, he understood the time. He said the amount of money. The time was to acquire it. The, when he was going to acquire it and what he's going to do with it, wasn't much he's going to do with it. He's like, I like nice cars and beautiful women. I mean, that's what he's going to do with it, though. That's what he said. <laughs> but, 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 but sometimes those who aren't believers, he didn't go to church, he doesn't have a relationship with God. I was trying to say, those who don't have believers, we can learn something from them because they are more committed than sometimes we are as Christians. His grind was more than a lot of Christians that I know don't grind like that. To get something that wasn't going to take him to another level. Another, a nicer car is not going to take him to another level. A prettier woman is not going to take him to another level. I mean, it's just frivolous after frivolous, right? He wasn't going to marry this pretty woman. He just wanted another pretty woman. And some waffles. <laughs> Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says this. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Verse 8. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Amen. It does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. and never fails to bear fruit. See his absolute confidence in where his life source comes from. So this tree that's sitting on the side of the water, it sends its roots into the water to give it its life form. I have a, I've had a plant for it'll be three years in February. I've had a plant sit by my fireplace. I've never had a plant live with me for more than six months. <laughs> Never have had one living for more than six months. This plant is still green because I continue to pour water in it regularly. If I see it droop a little bit, I pour some more water in it. I just continue to give it its life source. I have it near the window so it can get sun. And I rotate it so this side can get sun for this month and this side can get sun for this month. I continue to give it to its life source. And it continues to be green and full of life. Because it's connected to its life source. We need to get connected to our life source. God is our life source. And how we get plugged in is how we, when we pray and when we fast. We got to be plugged in. And then one thing about the tree is this. It has faith that its life source is going to provide it life. It believes. And it grows wise because it says, I'm still, because I know he's God. The tree does that. We have to be like that tree and be still and dig our roots in with God, knowing it's our life source and know that he is God to provide for us. Do you really believe? Do we really believe? Whew. I feel it. 
I, I believe in Baltimore right now. I'm believing in Baltimore Ravens right now. I know. I become a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. It's hard to believe, but I'm a believer. Number six, number six. <laughs> six things. Last last point. Read your written statement aloud twice daily. Once just, this is what Napoleon Hill says. He learned from uh, wealthy businessmen, business leaders. He said, <coughs> read your statement aloud twice daily. Once just before retiring at night. And once every, once after arising in the morning. As you read, see and feel and believe yourself already in possession of the money, of the blessing, of the blessing. Let me tell you this, let me tell you this. Rachel and I, we were in Indiana before we moved here to North Carolina. We had a prayer list. We decided, we sat down, we created a prayer list. We created a prayer list every, beginning of every year, I think. And we laid out, we did one, I remember we did it at a restaurant this past year. And we write down all of our, we wrote down everything that we had to do just to plant the church. And, and we knew we knew how much money we needed to raise. We needed we knew where we need to we need to live. We need new furniture. We need this. We need this many bedrooms. We need you know we to the detail. We've made a list. And and and, and she put it on a, a, a one piece of paper. It was a long a legal sheet of paper and it was glossy. And and every morning I put it on my on the bathroom and uh, and I would pray over it every morning and then in the evening I see it again and I pray over it every evening until it became like something I did every day. I put it in the frontal lobe of my thoughts every day so I could see it so I can think of it. And I put down how many people we want to have. We put down what neighborhood we want to be in. I mean all these things. What's crazy is everything on that. Now mind you we hadn't even moved to Charlotte when we made this list. So mind you, everything that we said on that list came to pass. I prayed it every morning and every night. It came to pass. To the exact place we want to start the church. To the exact amount of money we need to raise. We needed new furniture. Matter of fact, we had on this new furniture. We didn't even, we, when we bought the moving truck here, we took our furniture to storage and then gave it away. Because when we got the new place, the dude said, you want to buy my furniture? <laughs> I had it redone. It's in storage. He had it refinished, whatever. It was like new. And then we didn't have bedroom furniture. For our main bedroom, we had, I think we slept in the guest room because we had a guest bedroom set. But it wasn't one we wanted to sleep in regularly. It was something, we, you know, for the guest. And it was empty. An empty bedroom. Master bedroom. Empty. But the list said we'd get all new furniture. And then one of our friends said, man, I, got, I bought this furniture, and I can't keep it. I just got married. We got two sets. I need to get rid of this set of furniture. I can't keep it. You want it? He wanted to sell it to us. But that's not what we prayed for. We won't get it. We weren't going to pay for it. And his, his new wife said, uh-uh, you give it to him. You bless him with it. So only thing we brought from Indiana, we moved to Carolina, that was still ours, we gave everything else away. We had a TV. That's it. I think the TV was, what was that TV? It was a, I don't know, we just had a TV. <laughs> That's it. That's all we had from everything from, Cal from Indiana. We gave everything else away. But it was on our list. And I'm telling you that because you need to read your statement in the morning and at night and make it reality for you. 
I want to encourage you with this. But Joshua 1, verse 7 through 8 says this. Be strong and very courageous. That's what it says. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it, turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful when, wherever you go. Keep the book of the law, it says, you're always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. That Then you will be prosperous and successful. Just here it says, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it when? Day and night. So that you will be careful to do everything written in it. You want to do everything the law says. So that you may become prosperous and successful. Woo! So, I don't know, get you a prayer list, put it up there. I said, put your prayer list up there, make it align it with the biblical word. And you pray on that thing every day and every night. Go through your words, have your scriptures together. What's your scripture? What's your, when you're going through some difficult times, what scripture do you go to? For me right now is be still and know that I am God. I mean, that scripture is moving in my spirit right now. Uh, this one used to carry me through when I was really trifling. It says, I even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers them no more. I mean, that got me through some difficult times, brothers, when I was trying to get it right. You know, I had promises from God, but I was like, man, how are you going to fill the promises if I'm still trying to get through my shortcomings? And what he says is, man, I, I gave you a promise, but I ain't going to hold it against you. I said this is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But you better get some forgiveness. I forgive, but you need to ask for forgiveness. Ask him for some forgiveness. Now I'll forget about it. Whew. That's empowering, right? It set me free. It set me free. So, if nothing else, these six steps that I showed, showed you today were scrutinized profusely by Thomas A. Edison. We all give him credit for finding electricity or the light bulb or whatever. What does Edison do? The telephone? Yeah, he did telephone. He did telephone. We're going to say that, but we're going to find out at some point in time somebody working with Edison really created the telephone. But we're going to say Edison did the telephone just for the goodness of America. And... Uh, <laughs> But what he said was this, although it's essentially great for accumulation of financial wealth, when you follow these six steps, and I believe if we follow the word of the Lord that we've given here today, as it's been outlined, is necessary for the attainment of any definite goal. You know, when you put your heart and your hand and your belief in the hand of God, if you have faith in God, he has to be who he is, God. You know? If you continue to meditate on his word day and night, you have that scripture that you can go to and, you, and it's always on the, your frontal lobe. When you create that list that you see God's word being, just being created in, your very, in, front of your, in front of you, I believe that prayer list we had was a list that God actually wrote down like the commandments that he did for Moses. I, I see it as that. I believe that it's going to come to pass because these are the things. God is not a man that he should lie, no son of a man that he should change his mind. He said these things were going to happen and they have to happen but you have to believe that they're going to happen amen you got to have a plan write your plan and, and he says 
<laughs> said that scripture was, I love that scripture. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. That's his word. Give it to him. And he will establish a plan, but you got to have a plan. What's your plan? So everybody, nothing else. We come back together another Tuesday, next Tuesday, whenever we get back together, Tuesday, Sunday, whatever. Have a plan. Matter of fact, everybody in this room today, even if you're watching, email me your plan. Let's just let me know you got a plan. Just email me, Barrett at EmpowerLiving.Church and say, I got a plan. I mean, just everybody needs to have a plan. Let's see God do some miraculous things in our lives. Is that all right? Amen. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Seeing there is none. I want to thank you for joining us here for Empower Living, our hour of power every Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. We'll be here through the month of December, yes, and end of January. We'll be here Christmas Eve as well, probably. We'll do something unique that, that, that Tuesday night as we celebrate our birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus. It wasn't born on Christmas, December 25th. We're going to celebrate his birth anyway. So we're going to celebrate it that day and uh, just really just love on the Lord and love on each other. All right, go to our website, empowerliving.church. Follow us there. Meet us here every Sunday at 10 a.m. in person right here at Empower Living Church located 2101 Cambridge Beltway Drive. Amen. Always remember this. We love you and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. God bless.